Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about the secrets of extraordinary achievement. First off, we have Vancouver Area Director Matt Chan with us tonight. Matt attended the PSI classes in 2008 and 2009, and this is his eighth year as PSI Area Director. He's also a mortgage broker in the Hall of Fame status. He is a husband and father of two. He practices jujitsu, is very into personal development, and has gone through a complete physical transformation over the last couple of years. After attending Next 10, he made a decision to compete in a physique show and went from being overweight to a sculpted body dropping over 50 pounds, now maintaining a new set point weight of 30 pounds less than he was previously. So Matt, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you on at the beginning of the new year when people have been setting New Year's resolutions at the beginning of a new decade where people are reevaluating their lives and figuring out who they want to be. Uh, so if you could start off with letting us know, you know, how do you really set a great goal and how do you go about getting that goal? Thank you very much, Kat. Uh, love that question. I discovered a uh a process that I use to set my goals. And let me just break it down. So I believe a great goal has five key components to it. So one, it's got to be clear. So what that means is it's got to be black and white as to whether or not we achieve that goal. We have to be very, very specific on how the goal is supposed to look. It's got to be measured. It's got to be able to be assessed and analyzed such that, hey, I did or did not get my goal. So for instance, with my weight challenge goal, I um, had a very specific number. I want to be 190 pounds and I want to be 12% or less body fat uh, by a certain time. So very clear. I knew exactly whether I got the goal or not. The second aspect of a goal is it's got to be a challenging goal. Um, we don't really get excited or engaged when we set a goal that's very easy or something that we know we can do. And so that's one reason why we want to have a challenging goal. The second reason why we want to have a challenging goal is because we want to um, have it to stimulate us. When we're just by human nature, we're we're much we get much more amped up. We get much more excited when we're faced with a challenging task ahead. So by making the goal challenging, uh, it helps stimulate our imagination, our creativity, uh, and our excitement to actually achieve the goal. And I would say the third reason to have a challenging goal is because it will support us to evolve into a much more effective person. Uh, who, who wants to set a goal that's not going to change us? Um, you know, a goal isn't just about getting the goal. Uh, there's a saying I, I, I say that uh, it's not about the goal and it is about the goal, meaning that, yes, we want to get the goal, but who do we get to become as a result of getting the goal? So by setting something that's challenging, this tools, the skills, the adversity that we get to go through and, and create and obtain as a result of getting that goal allows us to be a much more effective person to achieve more extraordinary things in our life. Third aspect of a goal is we must have a, a reason or purpose as to why we want to get this goal. So why is this goal compelling? Uh, and, you know, in, in a lot of in our seminars and other uh, works, uh, we call this our compelling why. So for me, I want to get this goal because I wanted it to do for my family. Uh, I have two children and I'm at an age where a lot of people in my age group are taking care of their parents uh, who are having, um, are struggling with health issues. So two reasons. One is I didn't want to be, I want to minimize the chance of me being a burden to my kids. 
as I got older. I didn't want them, you know, it's hard enough in this world for them to get on with their lives and find their careers and support their families and so forth. Uh, one day, I, I don't want them to be worried about taking care of me because I neglected my health. Uh, two is I want to be an active participant in my children's life as they get older. Um, I, I'm imagining um, future grandchildren and walking Disneyland or doing vacations and trips with them and, and keeping up with them and being mobile and, and fit so that I can enjoy my life in my later years with them. So that's a really strong, compelling why for me. And third, I would say, you know, just being a, a leader at uh, Sci Seminars, you know, personal development seminar company, I, I want to really, you know, say, set an example for uh, our graduates uh, that I, I, I'm doing the work with them. I, I'm, I'm setting goals and, and achieving goals and making mistakes and, and I'm human just like them and, and really set a template for them to, to follow, so to speak. Uh, just want to touch on challenge a bit is I have been over 200 pounds for most of my adult life. So for me to be, you know, my, my initial goal, my weight, weight goal is to be 190 pounds or less, which was actually a big stretch for me because in my entire adult life, as I remember from the time I was maybe 18 and on, I was never below say 195 and most of the time it was over 200. So it was indeed a very challenging goal for me. I just want to touch that and give a personal example on, on uh, challenge. For third is, uh, is competency. So is the goal attainable? It, how, how attainable is the goal? If I set a goal that's way too difficult, way too hard, uh, I, I'm going to get discouraged and I will probably quit on the goal and that will reinforce my limiting belief that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, uh, uh, the goal I'm never going to achieve. So it's really important to set a goal that's both challenging and yet a goal that is that we believe is actually doable. Uh, we have to have some way to setting us up to win. So it's got to be able to stretch us uh, such that we can actually get to this goal. And another aspect of it has to be our own goal. And what I mean by that is, is oftentimes we set goals because we're strongly influenced by someone else. Uh, you know, maybe our spouse or our friends want us to, be a certain way, or we want to do something to impress others. It's got to be your goal, meaning that you have to have the reason to set this goal and it's got to be for your reasons. Uh, and for me, I really believe that this goal was doable because I gave myself uh, a time frame at the time. I gave myself just over a year when I was uh, really at the worst shape of my life uh, in late 2017. I gave myself to the end of 2018, which was to lose uh, just over 20 pounds. And, and at that time, I worked it out. I go, well, you know, that's about two, two pounds a month, which I believe was doable. I just had to be consistent. So I really believe that the goal was actually doable. And it was actually my goal. I decided and I decided on my own to get that goal. The fifth aspect and the last aspect of a really good goal is having a, a good system to get feedback. Uh, we must get regular feedback on our progress towards the goal. So for me, uh, I, there was a couple of things that I did to assess the effectiveness of what I was doing to get my goal. Uh, I hired a, a coach to uh, help me with my diet and with my training. So I was reporting to him uh, once a week. Um, he gave me unlimited uh, email support. So I was, I was checking in with him. I also had a spreadsheet uh, on uh, Google Drive where I recorded my, uh, my, what I was eating as well as my, my weight every day. So my coach and I were looking at the same spreadsheet and as he was assessing my data, he was giving me some ideas and some feedback on how well I was progressing. He was making adjustments. Uh, I was recording the foods I was eating. So I was constantly looking at my progress because uh, that was really important because it, it allowed me to A, um, get some small wins. Uh, when I was getting some small wins, like every pound that uh, I lost, uh, it was a huge win for me. So I was looking at it as a small win, and it would actually feel me to be more inspired to get the next win. And two, uh, I, I just it was just good feedback to know that I'm moving in the right direction. Uh, nobody really wants to waste their time or effort doing something if it's not effective. So there you go, Kat. That's uh, my suggestion for the listeners out there. If uh, they're going to achieve a goal. Uh, when they set a goal to have these five, ask themselves, are these five things in place 
uh, for, for their goal. And if all five of them are there, there's a really, really good chance that uh, they set themselves up for a very good goal. Uh, definitely, that would be a great goal. It makes me think of that Bill Gates quote about how people tend to overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years, which brings me back to what you're talking about with creating these habits and consistency. So once you've got this great goal, how do you go about implementing it? Great question, Kat. What I wanted to first of all do is just kind of dispel some what I think are myths out there in achievement. Uh, myth number one is we believe that things have to look uh, a certain way and goals are, are done by extraordinary achievement by people who have tremendous willpower and tremendous resolve to get through things. And, you know, when people were, were looking at my transformation, they were admiring me because like, wow, Matt, you, you got such great, you know, discipline and resolve to, to stay on track. And, and I would like to say, and I just want to spell this right off that, um, we only have so much level of what we call willpower. And there's a misconception that, uh, you know, if you don't get your goal, you don't have enough willpower. And that for people who did get their goals, they have a tremendous amount of willpower. And I would like to say that, you know, we all have a finite ability of willpower. Willpower is like a muscle. When we use it too often and too long, uh, it exhausts and we don't have the willpower to do other things. So let me give you an example. It's, it's like uh, doing push-ups. Uh, if, if I can only, if I can do four or five push-ups relatively easily, at some point I will be too exhausted to do another push-up and that's like willpower. So the secret to achieving your goals and we're going to tie it into your, your great analogy with uh, your example with Bill Gates is it's not really doing extraordinary things constantly over a short period of time. It's really doing small things over a long period of time. And the way to do that is to start off by setting uh, foundational habits. Uh, when we do things habitually and often enough, we don't use willpower enough uh, anymore to, to get those things done. Uh, so an example is there was a time, you know, probably when we were children where we had to be reminded to brush our teeth, uh, to take a shower, um, to walk to school and get, get up at a certain time. It, it was an, a massive effort. You know, I think people out there who are parents will can probably relate. Uh, it's a massive effort to get children to do those things day in, day out in the beginning. But over time, as we become adults, we don't think about it anymore. We just, we naturally brush our teeth. Uh, we naturally take a shower. We naturally uh, get up at a certain time to go to work. It's, it's, it's so easy and so natural for us. We're no longer using willpower to accomplish those tasks. And by doing that, we actually have willpower now to apply to other areas, you know, such as planning our day, setting up intention, doing creative work. So my uh, first tip is set up foundational habits. And there's a couple of ways to do that. Uh, one is, uh, to start small, do things in small incremental steps in the beginning. So for instance, if, uh, and I'm going to use my physical journey as an example, because that's it's just a very relatable example is, uh, if, if you want to, um, start on a physical journey and the first step might be working out is to start small. Uh, let's say you decide that, well, the only time you can really realistically work out is early in the morning. So let's say you want to wake up at five in the morning. Well, the reality is if you normally wake up at say eight o'clock in the morning and you want to all of a sudden wake up at five in the morning, which is three hours earlier, you may be able to do it one or two or three or even maybe a few more times after that. But I, I can pretty much guarantee you that uh, more likely than not over time, you're not going to be able to do it because it's going to take expend a lot of willpower for you to get up three hours earlier than you normally do. So start off small. Instead of waking up at five in the morning and you normally wake up at eight, set your alarm clock to wake up at say 7.58, 7.57, two or three minutes before. And once you begin, once that sets into a new habit, set it a little bit earlier, set it to 7.55 and keep going down until eventually you hit the desired time you want to ideally wake up at. Maybe you want to start exercising. You haven't exercised in years. The first step in exercising might be uh, just doing one push-up. That's it. Uh, or, um, doing, or just putting on your gym clothes. It might even be going to your car and uh, driving to the gym and coming back. 
just start off small because when you start off small, you build momentum to do the next step because your mind will often say to yourself like, well, are you that wimpy? You can only just do one push up and that's, that's it. You're going to say, well, no, I'm going back to challenge again, right? You're going to do maybe another push up and on and on again. When you show up to the gym and with the intention of coming back, well, guess what? When you're at the gym, you might just surprise yourself. Well, you know what? I'm already at the gym anyway. I'm already up. I might as well just work out. Um, we might set up intention like, oh, well, you got to work out an hour. Well, who says you have to do that? Maybe you can just work out five minutes. So start off small steps so that it's much more easier and much manageable uh, for us because our, our subconscious self doesn't like change. We have something called homeostasis, which means that our subconscious mind always tries to reverse back to what we are used to and conditioned to. That's why it's, it's a struggle for us to wake up earlier or start new habits because it's resisting uh, the normal course of familiarity that we're used to. And by go overcoming that, we can do that with small changes. The second thing uh, about uh, setting up habits is really anticipate what the days are going to look like. So plan out. And I'm going to, first of all, ask the listeners there to um, just be open to one of the things that we're talking about today, because it's easy to come from, well, I know this, I heard this before, tell me something I haven't done yet or haven't heard before. And I, I will say that instead of coming from, if you heard of it, come from, am I doing it? And, uh, and that might be a very, very empowering uh, for you out there. So another step that I like to recommend is ask yourself, am I doing this? And one way is to plan out your day. You know, every, uh, when I was on my intensely, my, my weight journey, uh, every day I would be planning out the next day, what, what I was going to be doing the next day, when I was going to be working out, when I, what type of foods will I be eating? When will I be eating them? And that would help me actually fix up any unanticipated surprises. So for instance, if I was going to be having lunch with someone, I would be anticipating, okay, I'm going to be having lunch with so-and-so. I would um, either A, you know, help choose a restaurant that I can meet at that will be better supported for me to eat the foods that will be in alignment with the, the foods I want to eat. Or two, I would go online um, if, if it was a restaurant that I wasn't choosing. I would go online, find out the foods that I can order there. If there's no foods available there that would be in alignment for me, I would uh, maybe eat in advance. And then when I go to the restaurant, I'll just have maybe a small side or or soda water, something of low calories. Another way to set up habits is just to set up um, my environment that would be conducive to the things I want to do. So if, when I was uh, planning on eating uh, better, uh, I would literally throw away all the junk food in my house. I would, you know, just literally go in my, my cupboard and cabinet and throw away all the cookies, throw away all the junk food, all the chips. So it was not within view for me because if I see it, it increases the chance of me actually eating it. So instead I would uh, fill up my house with healthy foods, you know, more vegetables, uh, more unprocessed foods. Once you set up the habits, there's other things that I like to emphasize too is, and this is going against the grain a bit in that, uh, a lot of books and culture out there on self-help talks about, you know, think positive and only have positive thoughts. I actually like to have some doubt. And there's an interview that I recently saw on a uh, world-class tennis player, Rafael Nadal. He actually says, uh, he likes to have doubt because when he doesn't have doubt, out, he feels he's overconfident and by having doubt we get to anticipate errors or things that can go wrong and by anticipating that we can actually be better prepared so I constantly had doubt on how I was going to do this and that actually kept me uh, more prepared and more on my toes so let me give you an example uh, one of my weaknesses was is still uh, eating a lot of uh, junk food a lot of sweets, a lot of sweet foods, and that was one of the main reasons why I became overweight because 
I liked ice cream and cookies and, and things like that. So I had some doubts as to whether or not I'll be able to withdraw myself from some poor choices, uh, during my, uh, my weight journey. So I, by having those doubts, I allowed myself to be better prepared. So one example is, uh, I'm very close with my brother. And when I go to my brother's house, uh, my sister-in-law would, uh, she's a great cook and one of her special items that she prepares is, is cheesecake. And she would always, you know, her being a, a very generous person, she would always offer me cheesecake. And I would doubt whether or not I can resist that. So in past, I would just say, well, I'll have one bite, you know, one bite's not going to hurt. And sure enough, one bite would lead to a second bite. And then it would lead to me eating the whole slice. And then I would have a second slice and I would be on complete self-sabotaging downhill spiral from there. So by having doubt, I was able to now say to myself, okay, you know what? I probably won't be able to resist having that cheesecake. So I'm not even going to have that first bite because that first bite is going to lead me down that rabbit hole of eating two slices or more. So I, so when we finished dinner at my brother's house, I would remove myself from the room. So I wouldn't even see the cheesecake. I would go out and play with my nephews in another room to, to remove myself because I doubted whether or not I can resist that. And that really, um, helped me get more prepared, uh, for situations where I felt that there was a good chance that I may fail my diet. Another um, tip that I would like to give is, is just to be much more forgiving. And again, there's another misconception we have that, you know, when we're setting out a goal, we, everything's got to look perfect. We, you know, we got to wake up at a certain time, work out, you know, four or five times a week. Uh, we could eat super clean, never slip up. And I'm here to say that as human beings, we're going to make mistakes. We're capable of having slip ups and, and I will freely admit that my journey wasn't perfect. Uh, I made probably way, way more mistakes than I can even begin to count. But the difference this time over the previous times I've done it is because I have attempted weight loss before and failed miserably. And one of the key differences is I was actually much, much more forgiving with myself than ever before. In other words, when I slipped up, I, I didn't beat myself up as often or as hard as I used to. I just kind of said to myself, okay, well, that's exciting. Uh, I slipped up. What went wrong? And what can I fix? And how can I get back on track again? I always focused on what can I get, how can I get back on track again, as well as what can I actually learn from this mistake? So I actually use this uh, setback uh, as a learning opportunity, as, a, as opposed to an opportunity for me to beat myself up and to reinforce my uh, limiting beliefs, so to speak, on, on, on why I would fail. That's actually really huge. So my suggestions to the listeners out there is to be much more forgiving to yourself. Um, just know and understand that mistakes will, will happen. And by anticipating in advance that you'd be forgiving yourself, you're going to allow yourself to be much more free in going after your goals, knowing that you have a safety net and not get beaten up if you make a mistake. Another uh, tip that I like to give to our listeners out there is to create a good story. Uh, what type of story you want to have as a result of getting your goal? So I kind of made it into a game. I asked myself, like, what's my story? Like, I'm going to be a character in my own movie, so to speak. And as we know, a good movie has a hero. And the hero goes through a lot of obstacles th throughout the movie. A lot of them are very, you know, maybe seemingly insurmountable. And at the end, the hero gets their goal. So obstacles, I was asking in my movie, what would I be doing? How would I be overcoming these goals? How would I be overcoming these setbacks? And as we know, a, a good movie, a hero never has a seamless uh, path to their goal. Uh, I asked myself, you know, how I can be helping others. Uh, this also, also ties into my compelling uh, reason for getting this goal. So I realized that I was helping my family by stocking my fridge and my cupboards with healthy foods, uh, I realized my family, my wife and my kids were also eating healthy because healthy food was around. So I saw that as a, as a further reason to reinforce what I was doing. And I also saw it as an opportunity to help others. And that's actually really huge because a lot of people uh, are struggling with their goals and, and also struggling with weight issues. And by having a lot of people come up to me and asking me, uh, 
how I can, uh, how they can uh, correct and fix their, their issues with their weight problems. Uh, I was able to relate with them. I, I ended up having a lot of empathy for them and realizing that I can be a catalyst to, to helping them with my journey. So those are some of the things that I used uh, uh, to help me with my goals. And the other one I want to also give is, is to make it a game. And what I mean by that is I used to have this misconception that losing weight and getting fit looked a certain way, meaning I had to work out really hard for four or five days a week. And I had to eat uh, very bland food uh, such as a steamed broccoli and uh, baked plain chicken breast uh, for four or five months. And I would be torturing myself into uh, into this path. But I realized that it didn't have to be that way. I wanted to make it into a game. I asked myself, like, how, how can I make this journey as fun as possible, as least um, uncomfortable as possible? So I looked at and I challenged a lot of things that I thought I had to do before. Uh, for instance, I didn't do any cardio sessions. And that was an actual game changer for me because I thought it was impossible to lose weight without doing cardio. Um, I started changing up foods. I thought uh, that, you know, I wasn't supposed to eat certain foods like carbs and, and fruits. Well, guess what? I, I ate lots of carbohydrates and I ate lots of fruits. So I was able to incorporate a lot of a, a big variety of different foods into my, my diet, uh, which helped me uh, make it fun. I looked at ways of satiating my hunger by eating uh, certain types of food that had lower calories. I looked at uh, varying my foods from time to time to keep it interesting and fun. So for instance, I didn't have to eat chicken all the time. I changed it up. I ate fish or pork. So I really wanted to make it fun and engaging and I made it into a game by how can I make this food as tasty as possible and as satiating as healthy as possible uh, while still in alignment with my goal. So there you go, Cat. Uh, those are just uh, some of the ways that I, uh, some of the strategies I use to follow through on my path to achieving my goal. That's great. You know, in the PSI basic seminar, we talk about intention when you're going after your goals and we talk about how to overcome obstacles. There's some really powerful exercises around that. And I really like the way you talk about how to set yourself up to win. So whatever that goal is, when you can anticipate some of the obstacles, you can also go, okay, if there's a potential of me failing here, here, and here, how can I set myself up to win so that I can get my goal? And having fun while doing it and turning it into a game, that definitely works for me. Uh, so now that you have achieved that goal, what's next? Great question, Kat. I said this um, to a lot of people before, and the thing that I'm most proud about uh, is not doing two physique shows last year, uh, which I don't take lightly because I'm, re I'm really proud of that achievement. Uh, the, the achievement that I'm most proud about is able to maintain a new set weight of uh, 30 pounds less than what my normal weight was before, and uh, it's been over five months now since I did my last show, and I'm just really proud because most people uh, tend to get back their weight, and so... I was able to, I'm proud that I'm able to set new habits uh, that were able to sustain myself into uh, keeping a lower set point weight. And, and this is a great opportunity for me to incorporate uh, another tool that I use, which was really about the beingness of my goal as opposed to doing my goal. And let me elaborate that further. If we just focused on doing our goal, so... So for instance, on my weight journey, if I focused on doing, meaning eating the right foods and uh, restraining myself from eating uh, inappropriate foods, I'm very focused on doing and I will then feel somewhat depriving of myself of things I want to do because I'm focusing on doing very specific activities. But the game changer for me is focusing more on my being. And this is actually something that's covered uh, in our seminars. So for listeners out there who haven't done our seminars or the basic and the advanced seminars, um, you're going to understand this much more deeper uh, when you do the, set, the classes. But in short, I focused on 
the person I want to become as opposed to the, a person doing certain things. So the whole idea for me of losing uh, weight and being more fit wasn't, you know, restricting foods and eating healthy and eating healthier foods for a certain amount of time. It was about being a fit person. So when I was in a situation where there was, you know, let's say it was at a friend's house or a family dinner and there was a lot of inappropriate foods that I was tempted to eat instead of coming from, well, I'm going to resist eating this food. I'm going to resist eating this food because it's not in line with my diet. I went to, well, what would a fit person do? What would a healthy person do? And that to me was a massive game changer because I shifted from uh, a sense of depriving myself and using willpower to um, restrict myself to certain foods and doing things a certain way to follow uh, directions to a natural sense of being. Like, because when I'm focused on being, things became much more natural and much more easy for me because I then was able to say, okay, a fit person might have half a cookie, but a fit person will only have half a cookie because that would be enough to satiate the, uh, the sweetness, um, indulgence that they might ha- want to have and not indulge anymore because a fit person would be very reasonable with that. Whereas my old self might be, well, I want to resist eating that cookie. So if I ate a piece of it, then well, oh, now I'm going to eat more because I'm restraining myself and I can't restrain myself anymore. But coming from a sense of beingness, which much more powerful because the objective was for me was to be more fit, was not to eat certain foods. And we can translate to the other areas too, right? The, the object for us is not to stop smoking for three months. It's to be a non-smoker. Our objective is not to stop drinking for a few months. It's to become a non-drinker. Uh, our objective is not to be nicer to our spouse for a few months. Uh, the objective is to be a better spouse or a better parent. And when we come from a being and what we want to become, everything else much becomes much more easier organically. I love that as people are, especially with this new decade upon us, looking at the person that they want to be in a decade, that the goals and the steps that they create now is what will lead to that. Uh, we also have a lot of questions from our listeners. Was there anything else, Matt, that you wanted to add before I go into questions? Uh, no, no. Uh, I think uh, I covered kind of the essence of what I want to get through. So let's get right to the questions. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Before we go into questions, I would like to take a moment for everyone listening in who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in accomplishing your big goals in living your dream life, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results that you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The Basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. If there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to PSIBasicSeminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's PSIBasicSeminar.com. So for questions, first off from R.L., what do you suggest to help dream bigger? Great question. And I would say is start breaking it down into smaller dreams. So, for example, with me, when I started my physical journey, I actually didn't set out to do a physique show. Uh, I just want to lose you know, 20 pounds. That, that was really my start. And it wasn't until that I got down to my 20 pounds that I then decided to take the next step, which is doing a physique show. So my suggestion to you, RJ, is, is it's okay to dream big and to have a really big goal if that's what you choose. And, and I really encourage that. Get down. Uh, you know, if you haven't climbed a mountain before, uh, you never hiked before, it, it, it might be overwhelming to say, well, I want to scale uh, Mount Everest. 
So break it down. Uh, what would be the next step goal that you can do right now in your situation that you believe is achievable? So going you know, back again to the five steps that uh, I have uh, for goal setting, you know, clear, uh, challenging. Uh, it's, it's got a compelling why, uh, competency, which is winnable, meaning what, what goal can you have? Uh, that's, that would be your next step. And it could be a 30 day goal. It could be a 60 day goal, something that you believe is achievable. And when you hit that goal, you can build on that and get the bigger goal. So the key thing is to keep moving, keep smalling, keep setting small incremental goals such that you can keep building on that and, and getting some, some wins under your belt, so to speak. Uh, next up from CA, how does one stay on target with their goals with all the distractions in life? Great, great question. One of the uh, one of the the aspects of goal setting that uh, I also said was feedback, meaning uh, we have to keep track of the progress of our goals, and this also go- ties in with willpower so we have a lot of distractions and and the reason a lot of us don't get our goals is because we think that we can rely on willpower we can rely on you know being consciously aware of our goals all the time and getting it done so that's why it's really important to set foundational habits uh to keep us in progress so one of the things that i did was every day um, i was looking at you know and i usually do it right in the morning um, in the mornings when we have, for most people anyway, I, it is certainly for myself, the first two, three hours of me waking up, that's when I'm at my peak, peak energy, my peak uh, cognitive ability. And that's really when I plan out my day to set out, okay, what are the key things I need to do today that's, that I need to do that's going to be in alignment with the goals I want to create. So when I was on my physical journey, I planned out in the morning, these are the foods I'm going to be eating through the day. You know, for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, these are, uh, this is the time I'm going to go work out. That way, when I have it planned and set in my calendar, in my day timer, uh, it, it, it increases dramatically the likelihood that I will follow through with it. Because if we don't set that intention at the start of the day, we're going to then let other things get in the way. And other, in, in this day and age, when we're constantly distracted and overwhelmed with with things coming up distractions with personal and our professional life things will always get in the way and we have to always anticipate that things will get in the way so you have to stay focused by planning out your day in the morning and and uh, setting that foundational habit um and what i mean by that is try to do things consistently throughout the day so i had a, a very similar breakfast i had every day uh, i uh, work out at a similar time every day and by doing things at the same time throughout the day, every day, your subconscious mind actually starts thinking, well, if I do this consistently, this must be important. So we're going to keep doing this. Now it sets up as a new habit. And once it becomes a habit, we don't need to think about it anymore. It's, it's, it's not, we're not no longer using willpower to, uh, to do those little habits. Uh, so for instance, there was a time when it was hard for us to brush our teeth every day. Um, to get to shower every day, to you know, wake up at a certain time every day to to go to work. But now we do it without thinking because we've done it so often, so enough that it it becomes ingrained as a habit, right? And and by doing that, we can think and do other things at the same time. Next up from TB, if you can go a little deeper from that last question into how do I prioritize what really needs to be done. Great, great question. What I would say is we intuitively know all the basic things, the key things that need to be done uh, to get our goals. So I would start off by just asking myself, what are the key success factors? What are the key activities that I need to do to achieve my goal? So for instance, uh, on my physical journey, I had to consistently eat healthy foods and I had to be within a certain calorie range because I was counting my calories. So, and two, I had to, I had to, you know, exercise regularly. So I would focus on those two activities. 
Uh, there were other, obviously other things that were into play, but those are the key things I had to do. Um, if, if I'm working on my business, you know, the, the key success factors is, you know, I've got to make my prospecting calls. I have to set up my meetings with, uh, with clients and referral sources. Those are the key success factors. Um, there's, there's a ton of things that a salesperson can do in their business. However, the key success things that we, we can do, if we only can do a few things is the, is a, a very limited specific type of activities. So by focusing our energy on the key specific activities that will ensure our greatest chance of success. It's, it's kind of like the 80, 20 rule, uh, 20% of our activities, uh, creates about 80% results. We have to find out what those 20% are, uh, of those activities are. And it's usually not complicated or challenging to find out what those 20% activities are. They're, they're pretty, pretty clear and straight in front of us. So we have to focus on those activities all the time and create a plan on how we can get those done no matter what. Um, the other thing that I want to also say too, is we also get, you know, and I, I covered this earlier on, on this call is we get too caught up on it being perfect and looking a certain way. So for instance, um, you know, my physical journey, if, you know, we, we might get caught up like, well, we got to be in the gym for at least an hour. Well, who says that has to be an hour? If, if you have half an hour, why not go to the gym for half an hour? It's half an hour is still better than nothing, right? Half, half an hour is still better than not going at all. So find ways to make it work. Uh, if, if I'm supposed to eat, say, 2,700 calories on a specific day and I had one bad meal and I might have, you know, eaten over 3,000 calories in one day. Well, you know what? It, it's still better than, you know, eating, say, 4,000 calories, which is what I would eat if, if I had no limits on what I could eat through the day. So don't get too caught up in being perfect. Uh, the key I think to success is just being consistent as often as you can. And there are going to be times where you sway off a bit, but if you're consistent and you can always make little, little chips into the progress all the time, consistently over time, it adds up and it accumulates into uh, big results. Next from YV, what can you do when you lack the motivation and want to give up? I know what I have to do to get the results I want, but I just can't get myself to do it. Great question. And uh, this ties in what I said earlier about just taking small steps. And I feel that a lot of times we lack motivation is because we're just so overwhelmed with a giant task ahead. Uh, so for instance, if I haven't worked out in years and I need to go to the gym and it's going to take me, say, 20 minutes to get to the gym and another hour and a half to work out and, you know, another, another half hour to come home and shower. It, it, to some people, that's a very overwhelming thought. So break it down to small steps. So for instance, you, you like, if, if you have to break it down to the small, 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 most micro step. So the first step might be, okay, uh, I'm going to, put on my exercise um, outfit. That's it. You put on your exercise outfit and then you just get back changed into your normal uh, outfit and do whatever you want. Uh, the, the, the first step might be just doing one push up, And uh, the, the next step might be doing two push push-ups. Next step might be uh, just driving to the gym, literally driving to the gym and then come back home. And something really magical happens when you start taking a first step. One is you create momentum because all of a sudden you create this momentum like, wow, you know, I, I, I did one push up yesterday. I did two push ups today. Well, you know what, what, what would happen if I did say three or four more push ups today? And, uh, you actually challenge yourself because if you go to the gym with the intention of just going to the gym and coming back, you might just say to yourself, yeah, well, you know what? I'm already changed. I'm already at the gym. I'm here anyways. Why not? I just go in and actually do a short workout. I don't like who says you have to work out for an hour. You can just go in there and do work out as long as you want. It could be two minutes, it could be five minutes and then just come back home. And that's to me is really the secret to, to success is a lot of times we, we believe that success means extraordinary effort every day. Um, doing, you know, long workouts and eating immaculately clean uh, throughout the day. 
uh, for, you know, I'm using your physical as an example here. Uh, it, it really isn't. It's just really about starting small and building up those habits and stacking them up. So over time, it becomes a regular habit. And my suggestion to you is just start small and realize that, you know, not being motivated at times is, is very normal. We all go through it. So just start small and stack them up. And you might be surprised by the results you create, uh, especially because our mind doesn't like to be defeated. Uh, you might be surprised that if you do, say, one push-up, you might say to yourself, well, man, am I that wimpy where I can just one, I, I, I struggle just to do one push-up? Well, no, I'm going to do four push-ups or five. I'm not going to just go to the gym. Now I'm going to go to the gym and actually work out. So create momentum for yourself. No matter how small it is, any small step will start that momentum process and uh, will support you on your way to um, building up more secure habits that will serve you uh, for your goals. Yeah, and don't forget to celebrate your wins. I mean, certainly three push-ups is better than zero. You know, some people can get to that, oh, well, I only did three push-ups Instead, if it's a celebration of the successes of those little steps, that for me, I need, I need a little celebration and parade uh, when I make those little goals uh, along the way. I agree. I agree. Celebrate those wins. Acknowledge that. No matter how small it is. Uh, next up from KS, where does visualization and imagery come into play with achieving extraordinary results? Great, great question. Uh, I use visualization a lot uh, during my goal uh, process. So just going with a the theme with physical, and this obviously applies with everything, is a lot of times uh, we have this misconception that visualization just means visualizing the, the outcome that we want to create. Uh, and and that, I wouldn't say that's wrong. That is actually very uh, a very good way to start, is to visualize the end process. So for me, I visualize you know, kind of body that I wanted. I, I, I visualized having a, a smaller waist. I visualized uh, how I would look in, my, in the mirror. I, I would visualize all that. But one thing that uh, you can do that I think that will really up your visualization techniques uh, a lot is to visualize everything. So I would actually go beyond and visualize myself actually doing the activities that would lead me to the goal. So for instance, I would visualize myself waking up uh, early in the morning, I, I go to the gym at five 30 in the morning. You know, it's pretty early. So I would visualize what it would be like to wake, wake up at five 30 in the morning. And by doing that, I w it would prompt me to go to bed earlier so that I would not uh, be as tired when I had to wake up early in the morning. I would visualize myself uh, exercising. I would visualize myself uh, eating uh, healthier foods. So it's not in my opinion enough just to visualize the end result, which is actually very important. It's also important to visualize the daily things that you'll be doing every day, you know, working out, eating the right foods, waking up early. Uh, if, if you're, if you're self-employed or in your sales, like, like I am, uh, visualize yourself making calls, visualize yourself, uh, you know, planning your day, visualize yourself doing all the, the daily things that uh, you should be doing in, in and out. I also up my visualization by using all my senses. So who says that, uh, I mean, obviously our eyesight and our visualization capability is, is very, very powerful, but we have five senses. What about using all your other senses? I vis so for instance, I, um, I visualize, so to speak, or imagine what sound I would be hearing when I achieve my goals. I, I imagined like you know, the, the things that people would say to me. So what, what kind of compliments would I be hearing uh, from people about you know, my, my physical transformation? I would uh, be hearing, uh, you know, the, the, the gym equipment clanging uh, when I'm training. I would use my uh, sense of smell. Uh, what what type? What would would smell like? You know, what would you know the type of foods I would be eating? Um, what would what, what would that be like? I would utilize my um, my senses, my my tactile senses. So, what would it feel? You know, one of the things I I, I always want to do was wear um, you know form fitting clothes. What would it feel like to wear, um, you know, form-fitting jeans? You know, what would it feel like to touch my abs? So I, by using all my senses, I was able to create a stronger connection 
to the goals I wanted to, uh, to create. And, uh, and, and so that, that's really a key thing, uh, is so how, how I'm going to, what I'm going to, the two tips I'm going to leave that a little bit different than the standard thing that we usually hear is visualize and use all your senses. So using your sense of touch, smell, hearing, etc. And two, not only visualize the end result, but visualize the, da- the daily habits that you want to implement uh, to get your goals. Visualize yourself making calls, visualize yourself eating the, the foods that you, you want to be eating to achieve your goals, exercising, etc. Next from DL, what are the key components of an effective affirmation? The key components to an aff- a good affirmation to me is one that you believe in and one that has flexibility. So let me explain. If uh, I said my affirmation is I am six foot five and 5% body fat and, and, I, and I can bench press, you know, 400 pounds, uh, I would dismiss it right away because my subconscious mind would automatically know that that's not true. So sometimes, uh, and I'm not poo-pooing, uh, affirmations. I think affirmations are great. Uh, the problem with affirmation sometimes is we set such a lofty affirmation. And when the affirmation is too big, too ambitious, such that we don't actually believe it or own it, uh, it, it doesn't like our, our mind is very powerful. It, it knows when we're trying to trick us. So it would just quickly dismiss it and it won't be effective. So I would say use an affirmation that you actually believe and that would empower you. So let me give you an example. If you're doing a, when I was doing a physical uh, goal, I would affirm that I'm getting fitter and much more mentally stronger every day. So was that true? Uh, in my mind it was because I w- was working on small improvements every day. And even when I had setbacks, uh, I reframed it to look at it as, uh, as, as a positive, like where, how can I learn? So the setback actually made me more mentally stronger because it, it gave me insights and more tools on how to auto fix and auto correct, uh, things that, uh, that would set me back. I would, so that I would, I would say that would be one key thing is, is to have one, something that's obviously positive, uh, that's forgiving, that lets you make, um, some, some mistakes and errors because that's human. And as well as one that you can honestly own and believe in. Next from SB, after I hit my goals, I tend to get comfortable and fall back to my pre-goal levels. How do I stop that from happening? This is a really, really good question. And this ties in what I said earlier about the being as opposed to doing. Two, two things. One is to focus on our beingness. Who do we want to become? If I, my, because my goal was to be a, a more fit and healthier person, it was much more natural for me to maintain my set point weight after I got my goal because I had to find a new way way of living and operating that was the being that I wanted to become as opposed to hitting the goal and then going back to where I was before. So that's why I would say is to focus more on your being rather than focus on the doing, because when you're focusing on the doing, your mind is extraordinary. Again, the mind is unbelievably powerful. The mind will just literally take your command. So if you focus on doing, your mind will do what you've commanded to do. However, once you achieve the goal, the mind will just say, okay, well, it's done. So let's just go back to what's familiar again, which is what uh, you were before. Because if we don't change our habits, which is a function of our being, and I know some people think, oh, habit's doing. Well, habit is doing, but it's doing as a result of how we are. Then if we don't change our habits, we're always going to just go back and gravitate back to who who we were before. So another example is if I don't, if I just focus on cleaning up my room, uh, if I just clean up my room and I don't focus on being a neat person, my room will just be messy again because I'll just be going on this vicious loop of doing and finding myself back to where I was before. So I need to focus on being a neat, tidy, organized person to have my room clean, not being focused on cleaning up every day, if that makes any sense. 
Um, and the second thing I want to talk about is, is really uh, anticipate on what you want to do after you hit your goal. And this is a common problem with, say, astronauts uh, and Olympic athletes. You know, they, they set this really, really lofty goal where I want to go to the moon uh, or I want to uh, compete in the Olympics. And after they hit their goal, uh, there's a tremendous, tremendous letdown because they kind of ask themselves, well, what's next? And they just kind of gravitate this really bad spiral uh, and, and that's sometimes self-destructive. And that happens to us to a lesser extent, right? We hit our goals and then, and it's very common, when people hit their weight goal, they get back to their normal weight. Um, they hit their money goal and they go back to their same financial situation they were before. Is The way to overcome that is not only focus on your goal, but focus on how this goal is the start of the journey that you're going to be on. So what, what's next after that? What's next after you hit your goal? And when you start planning out that and when you start planning out your beingness, uh, that will support you tremendously in uh, moving forward after you hit your goal. Speaking of beingness, there's a lot of questions about focus and motivation. Uh, from KB, what is the key to staying motivated in the face of failure? Great question. I'm going to tie in a bit to what I said earlier, too, is is not to beat ourselves up too much. Um, we often have this stigma, and and I think a lot of it comes from our upbringing. Uh, we're, we're in a society that rewards results, uh, resort, uh, where we emphasize uh, perfection. And unfortunately, that's very predominant in social media, where we just see pictures, you know, perfect pictures of people in, you know, exotic locations and with very fit bodies. And, and we, we have this misconception that, oh, wow, every, you know, there's other people out there who's living the, the perfect charm life. And, and, and we get down on ourselves because we see ourselves as being so imperfect. And then we set out to do things and we get discouraged when it doesn't look a certain way. And so my, my suggestion on that is, is to be much, much, much more forgiving with ourselves than we are right now. Uh, meaning that, uh, you know, as I said earlier, right, I, there's a, a lot of times, way more than I can count, that I slipped up. You know, I, I ate foods that I wasn't supposed to eat. Uh, I overate on certain days. And instead of beating myself up a lot, which is actually what I did in the past, which is why I probably, you know, was not successful in my weight uh, journey uh, before, is, is I was much more forgiving myself this time. I just kind of said to myself, okay. I messed up. I, I overate, uh, you know, maybe going to that wedding and spending too much time at the buffet table was not a great idea. And I just kind of learned, I just learned, okay, what can I do different next time? And I, I just reframed everything to a positive instead of, you know, beating myself up. I reframed it as like, Oh, as, as a learning opportunity. What, what, what can I learn from this? How can I become better and much more effective as a result of this? And, uh, by reframing, failure into learning opportunities, learning experiences as an opportunity to get better. It was a, I was able to be much more forgiving to myself. I was able to um, not feel bad and get discouraged. I just bounced right up and did it. Um, I also, you know, took longer to get my goal than, than I originally set out. And instead of beating myself up, I said, okay, well, I still moved much more than I would have had I not set this goal. So what can I learn and how can I keep going? And so I, I would say the key takeaway is, is to let go of your attachments to perfection, let go of your attachment to how things are supposed to look and, and just be forgiving to yourself when you do slip up because it, it's going to happen. That's just us being humans and uh, create a story, create a story about it. Uh, one, one way you create a story is pretend you're in a movie and you're the hero in the movie. And like every good movie, the hero is going to go through obstacles. The hero is going to go through major setbacks. And by the end of the movie, the hero overcomes those obstacles and, and finds a way to make it happen. So when you, when I frame myself as, as a hero in my own movie, I saw the setbacks as just the movie playing out. And I asked myself, what would I do if I was the hero in my movie? How would I overcome this? How would I come back and, and make it happen? And Another thing that I want to also say that we have this misconception that uh, it's, it's, I probably said it earlier, but I want to emphasize again that it, it's, we think that extraordinary achievement is 
doing amazing things uh, all the time. And and again, that's that's because of social media. We see the end result. We see the the body the person has at the end of the day. We see the the sales awards people get. Um, really amazing things is just really doing small things all the time consistently. And you're going to make mistakes along that way. Just just continually fix it, autocorrect. Great. You know, we also have a number of listeners who have not yet attended our classes. So I was hoping here you could take just a couple minutes to speak about the PSI series of classes and what makes them, what sets them apart, makes them so effective um, compared to what else is out there. And then after that, give us uh, your key takeaways from your teaching. That would be great. Great. Thanks, Kat. What makes our classes, I think, different than most other seminars out there? And, and there's a lot of great seminars out there. Uh, and and, I, and I, I really do think there's a lot of value in other classes out there. But what makes us really different is our classes are very experiential. And uh, I, I believe that that is really the key difference that we have uh, that's very distinct, is uh, we're much more experiential in the sense that we believe in, for instance, if you're learning how to drive a car, uh, there's two ways to learn, right? You can read a manual and, about how to drive a car and, and know in theory what it's like to drive a car. Uh, we're more of the model of putting you behind the wheel, so to speak, and having you experience what it's like to be behind the wheel. And we believe that there's really no substitute from having direct experience with a concept as opposed to intellectually knowing it. And the danger with intellectually knowing something is we create this misconception to ourselves that we, we know it because we intellectually know it. Um, but until you experience it, until you actually get behind a car, so to speak, you, you don't really know what driving is. So that's really the, the key difference with our seminars is you get to experience uh, the concepts and by doing so, uh, the concepts are much more profoundly impacted into, uh, into our understanding and enables us to more likely apply those concepts. And, uh, and, that, and that's the, the beauty of our classes, uh, you know, from the basic to our advanced classes. Uh, we really emphasize the experiential emotional aspect of it. Because at the end of the day, we are uh, emotional creatures. We do things based on emotion and we justify it logically afterwards. Um, that's just what we are. Uh, you know, everything that we want is first driven by an emotional sense of what will be like to have it as opposed to logically thinking that it's the right thing to do. The key things I want to leave with you is the, it's a set uh, the proper goal. So it's got to be clear, meaning that uh, you've got to clearly define exactly what you want to achieve such that you know uh, if you're going to achieve it or not it's black and white two it's going to be challenging for it to be challenging it's going to help you get engaged have to helps you get you excited about it uh, if it's too easy of a goal you're not going to be motivated third is you have to have a reason a purpose for why you want this goal why is this goal compelling for you what would it mean for you to have this goal what emotional connection do you have with getting this goal because if you don't have an emotional connection uh, the chance of you not fulfilling it is actually gets much, much higher for It's going to be a winnable, doable goal, meaning that, uh, even though it's a stretch, even though it's a very challenging goal and something maybe you haven't done before, you have to believe at some level that you can achieve this goal. It's got to be doable. So set a goal that is somewhat attainable yet still challenging at the same time. And fifth, and this is really important too, is to have some type of feedback measure incorporate into the goal have a way so that you can assess your progress so that a you know that you're winning and b um you're gaining um constant feedback on what's working what's not so that you can continually fix it and once you set that goal set in the foundations on how to create that uh, to create the habits to get that goal so don't in other words don't rely on willpower because willpower will exhaust and willpower will never sustain you to achieve something extraordinary. You have to find uh, daily habits set in to, uh, to get your goals. And one way to start is, is to start small. Uh, two, find out the key foundational things that you need to do uh, 
the most important in your goal. Uh, three is uh, planning out what you're going to do. I know this sounds uh, very common sense, but you, you know, I'm surprised. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us don't actually don't do it. And those are uh, a great place to start uh, to getting your goals. It's just remember, it's, it's all little small steps consistently done over time that will add up to a very large, extraordinary achievement. Great. What a relevant topic at the beginning of a new year and a new decade. Thank you so much, Matt, for sharing your inspiration with us tonight. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, February 11th with Dame Shelley Hunt talking about becoming a world changer. You can register now at PSILive.com and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's PSILive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you, everyone, for being on the training tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.